Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're about to hear an episode from Kung Gusto Mo Nang Pagbabago, the Chito Gascon Leadership Series. It's a podcast where changemakers across generations discuss how we can keep pounding the rock. If you enjoy it, share it with a friend and follow Kung Gusto Mo Nang Pagbabago, the Chito Gascon Leadership Series on your podcast app. I remember reading a research done by ADD, which came out even before the pandemic. In comparison to other countries, our learners are actually two years behind. Our grade six students are actually with a grade four learning in comparison to the other countries. Lumabas din recently, reading comprehension of Filipinos against all other Asian countries. We were again at the bottom. That was Education.ph Chief Executive Officer Grace David. Despite or because of the challenges, the evolving needs of our students and the state of the education system in the Philippines, educators and advocates continue to push for change in ways they know and act for their time. They strike at and try to carve the rock of education, just like the stone cutter in Chito Gascon's favorite allegory. On the rock is the story of the stone cutter, the lonely person who goes to the mountain every day pounds the rock to make the stone. Was it the last strike that made the stone? The answer is no. Every single strike, every moment, whether in times of victory or frustration, what we do every day will make the difference. Chito Gaspon dedicated his life to defending democracy and human rights. He had a strong and abiding faith in the power of the youth He believed in the inevitability of change and reform. It is in that spirit that four organizations have come together to create this podcast. Asian Society Philippines, Puma Podcast, Bukas, Conversations for Action, and Youth Leadership for Democracy, or Youth-led. You're listening to Kung Gusto Mo ng Pagbabago, the Chito Gascon Leadership Series. Ako po si Robbie Alamuay. In this episode, we have a luminary and a panel of young educators and advocates to discuss the multi-pronged intersectional approaches to education reform in the Philippines. Our luminary is the chief of party for Youth Leadership for Democracy, or Youth-led. She has led and co-founded youth-focused organizations and managed implementation of nationwide programs on democratic citizenship, education, and good governance. Welcome, Ching Jorge. Hello, Robbie. Thank mm-hmm. you very much for for the invite. Ching, what has actually changed or not changed in education over the course of our lifetime? A lot of my work is with private sector and with civil society. 
And when it comes to private sector and civil society support, there's really no end to the list of corporations, foundations who want to support education. And, and over the years, the contribution of civil society and private sector has been in the billions. And that hasn't changed. But these contributions have to be aligned with the vision of education for the country and the kind of investment we want to make for youth and the kind of citizenry we want to develop. Mm-hmm. We'll always come up with all these, you know, bright ideas. But these interventions, they have to be systematic and institutionalized for it to be lasting and have impactful change. Our education mindset should be to start investing in the kind of society we want to see 15, even 30 years from now, along with what kind of industries will take the helm and how this strengthen progress and bolster growth for the country. So all of that is connected. And for me, I think that's something that's been missing. Hmm. That said, what kind of education should we be envisioning? The kind of education that will give you productive um, citizens who are able to thrive in this world and to be able to contribute to nation building. And what does that entail? It's not just education. It's really all of the sectors, all of the agencies working together towards that goal. Hmm. Salamat, Ching. Ha? We also believe that reform can only be actualized if we include the younger generation in this discussion. So with us is Lav Basiliote. She is the executive director of Philippine Business for Education, or PIBED. That's a community of business leaders providing interventions and policy research for educational reform in the Philippines. We had some problems with the internet connection during the live discussion. We really could not record a consistently good quality of audio, particularly with Love's statements. But here are some of her thoughts on how she framed the challenges and hopes for our education system. Love says that education can be framed in two ways, statistics and stories. For Love, everyone has their own story of learning. For the more privileged, it's a story of homeworks and school friends. On the other hand, for the less fortunate, it is a story as well of difficulty accessing that same education. Love thinks that it is necessary to hear those stories so we know the specific problems to address. At the same time, Love says statistics show that more and more children attend and stay in school as the country slowly fills the resources gap. And yet the quality of these resources is another story. We can share some of her thoughts on our discussion points, but if you want to hear her full audio, you can go to the Asia Society Facebook page and look for the complete video there. Now let's go back to Grace David of Educacion.ph. That's the largest educational technology platform that offers various services to both students and teachers. Grace, what does the dynamic between the hard realities of education and technological innovations look like? When the pandemic started, even if Filipinos were hesitant to trust their money in the fintech space, it naturally happened. In fact, right now, even if the economy has opened, I am sure all of you has an app on your phone with a fintech application and you're comfortable now to do those transactions online. Unfortunately, that behavior didn't happen in the education space. In fact, a lot of our parents downgraded their kids. I-enroll ko na lang yung anak ko during this pandemic years in public school kasi hindi ako sure kung totoong may matututunan yung bata. Online mm. lahat. 
So the trust of learning happening using technology, not yet completely there. I am not saying that we could replace that face-to-face -face learning classroom experience with their teachers and friends, but efficiency and accessibility will actually be increasing if we incorporate technology into that learning space. That's again, let's, let's bring in another member of our panel, Sab Schnabel. Sab is a historian, a writer, a podcaster at Puma Podcast. She co-hosts the podcast What's App or What's AP, Araling Pandipunan Rebooted. She's also worked for the National Museum and the Peggy Guggenheim Collection in Venice. Sab, given that you are a content creator in the digital space, what do you think should be the direction of education in terms of making the most of the internet? When it comes to information, there's just so much out there. We're really having problems now with discerning what is good information, what is bad information, trying to sort of break through everything that we are being exposed to and finding out like, what is the kernel of truth here? What are the key concepts here? What should I be looking into? And so I don't know if I can be arrogant enough to say this is where the direction that I think all education should go to, but I do think a lot of that media education needs to become paramount. So I think that we really need a strong media literacy and social media literacy understanding that needs to happen in our education system, because if not, we're going to start seeing this misinformation creep. So we've had to worry about historical revisionism because, I mean, I don't want to say I should cite specifics, but one of them was the Philippine-American War. Um, we don't even think about it. We don't even study it. And you know, the, the Americans have rehabilitated how they're seen here in the Philippines, the perspective of Americans are that they're friendly. And so that's a time that, you know, our education basically was used a little bit against us because we were taught by the Americans to love America. It's the kids that you're, that you're teaching, they grow up. And, you know, all of those formative years that they were educated in a certain way, it, it comes out. And so this is what has happened before where misinformation has led to us sort of erasing an entire piece of our history. Misinformation and historical revisionism are everywhere. So now, what should the baseline competence be for young students who are using the internet? What skills, what values, what foundations do they need? Love says it's still the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic. She says reading must precede digital literacy. But how about you, Grace? Anong naisip mo? The four C's that we are seeing that should be added into that basic literacy uh, for our Filipino youth. One is definitely creative creativity, critical thinking, collaboration, and communication. Because with those four C's, kahit anong technology, bagong technology yung ma-introduce sa kanila, they would be more flexible and the learning agility would be faster so that they could be uh, relatable and uh, adaptable to the new technologies. Sab, what do you think? Will the three C's and the three R's be enough to fight the deluge of misinformation? What do you think? Critical thinking is so important. Um, there's just so much out there that's vying for attention. I think that teachers have a really, really difficult job when it comes to 
taking something so big, the big capital H, right? History, they have to take this big thing and they have to teach it to a curriculum. You have all of these new education um, sources, like podcasts and things. There's even more to look at. And so that critical thinking is so important. But I think that it's also the responsibility of us content creators to be like, this is where I get my sources. You have to sort of back it up so that people will also learn from consuming the content. Oh, this is good content because mm. I can verify it because, you know, they say this is where it's coming from rather mm. than just making claims. Mm. Yes. But how can students even figure out what the correct sources are? I think this is where the institutions sort of have to come in. There needs to be a little bit more, a little bit more oversight on what children are looking at and what children are consuming. I mean, I, I know that I come from a privileged position, so I can say, you know, there should be some oversight there. But that, I think, is the only way that we're going to do that. Oversight from our institutions, from our teachers, mm. you know, from our parents, from even from our peers. That's why I said everyone needs to be a historian now. Even your peers mm. can be like, what are you reading? What are you looking at? When anyone gets sent something, you know, you have to, you, you have to say right away, oh, who sent it to me? What was the... Uh, purpose of them sending this to me and so just teaching kids that they have to be that they have to be that thoughtful about whatever they're consuming on the internet is going to be very important in the next couple of years because as much as we want to say that content creators have to be responsible have to show their sources you know it's so much easier to just make claims that are fun and easier to say and sound bites that are easy to digest Ching, you've interfaced with institutions that Sam brought up. How are these institutions dealing with these new digital realities in education? In terms of our institutions, those who are leading these institutions, you know, I think that their hearts are in the right place. Um, they are passionate about what, what they do, and they do care um, about our learners. Um, but are we teaching at the same pace that our students are able to learn? Are we responding to what students need over what we think they need? Ikaw, Sam, what would you hope to see in a new generation of educators and managers of education? A little controversial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that every teacher needs to do a little bit of presentation, needs to learn a little bit of theater, needs yeah. to learn a little bit of acting. Unfortunately, this is the situation we're in now where you kind of have to be entertaining to keep people's attention on you to capture all of these concepts you need to find a way to make them digestible to make them memorable so many memorable teachers of mine that i've had not only had such a passion for what they were talking about but also had a passion to present what they were excited about i remember a friend of mine saying something like that sabi niya better teachers are overrated what do you think, Chris? So my wish list is really focused on educators. Um, apart from like giving them that skill, I'd really like us to have an opportunity to think through their career, not just on the financial reward aspect. Every time someone pursues a career in other industries, plan yung path on how you are developing and also on how you get financially rewarded along the way. It would be nice to find out what is that clear path for our educators as well that is going to be comparable on how careers are built. Our show is called 
kung gusto mo ng pagbabago. So we always wrap up our conversations with this. Let me ask this question to all of you. Pagdating sa edukasyon sa Pilipinas, kung gusto mo ng pagbabago, ano? Grace? Kung gusto mo ng pagbabago, simulan mo at tapusin mo. So wag lang tayo at conversations. Inatapos natin yung sinisimulan mo. Ang sab? Kung gusto mo ng pagbabago, kailangan magtrabaho. We all need to keep history alive. Be more responsible with what we're sharing, helping each other. Be more responsible with what we're saying and what we're doing. We have to do those little incremental things. We have to help our lolas with YouTube and like tell them that the Facebook sharing is maybe not the best place to get their information. You know, things like that. Ching. Gusto mo na pagbabago, sama-sama tayo. Because education is a community effort. It's a family, it's a parents, a student, a family, the community working together for shared progress. And as we said from the start, as Chito Gascon always like to say, the lonely stonecutter knows that each strike is important to break that rock. It's important to have every institution pounding the rock of education from every direction to bring in real reform. And that is our fifth and final episode for this season of Kung Gusto Mo Nang Pagbabago, the Chito Gascon Leadership Series. Thank you for listening to our conversations. You can now binge the entire season with episode one about activism and advocating for change episode 2 on journalism and storytelling, episode 3 on women leaders, and episode 4 on fighting for the environment. Kung gusto mo ng pagbabago, find our conversations, join our conversations in your favorite podcast app. If you like what you hear, please do share this podcast with a friend whom you think will appreciate this conversation as well. This is a podcast by Asia Society Philippines, Uma Podcast, Bukas Conversations for Action, and Youth Leadership for Democracy, or Youth-led. If you want to hear our full conversation and our previous episodes, go to Asia Society Philippines on Facebook. You can watch the full video. Again, ako po si Robbie Alampay. Thank you again to our guests, Youth-led Chief of Party, Ching Jorge, Lau Basiliote, of Philippine Business for Education, Edukasyon.ph Grace David, and writer, historian, and podcast host Sabrina Schnabel. If you want to hear Sab revisit our history with our co-host Siege Tantenko, just go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast, you can search for WhatsApp. What's AP? Araling Pandipunan Rebooted. This episode of Kung Gusto Mo ng Pagbabago, the Chito Gascon Leadership Series, was written by Faith Navarro. It was edited by Joe Salcedo, with additional support from Kit Magtoto. We are grateful, of course, to the family of our good friend, Mr. Chito Gascon, for allowing us to use his name and to honor and celebrate all that he stood for. Thank you also to Wise Owl for letting us use that clip of Chito Gascon at an event of that group of seasoned activists and advocates sa MASA. For conversations on how we can use communication to create social change, listen to the podcast we made with Wise Owl. That's Give a Hoot on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. 
Maraming salamat. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 